This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. So wherever you're listening to this, I hope you're having a wonderful day. So today we're going to talk about confidence. The goal of this podcast is to help you create your own products to sell and there are so many areas that you might need help with. Um, I try and include as many of these as I, as I can in the content so we have a mix of practical steps you can take. Um, I also share inspiration and advice from other products business owners which I hope is all really helpful. So, But I guess one of my goals is to help you confidently create your product and to feel good about it and to feel good about yourself once you know you've achieved it and your product is out there in the world because I had such a confidence boost after launching my first product um, and it's helped me in so many areas of my life it's it's made me feel confident in so many other things because if you've listened to any of my previous episodes you'll know that I had no experience in retail or product development or anything similar so it was actually a massive challenge to create and launch my first product but once I'd done it and I'd overcome that um yeah the confidence that I gained just helped me so much when I was launching subsequent um products when I started this consultancy when I created my online course and in so many sort of personal areas of my life as well and so I would love um to be able to do the same for you but I'm aware that you might be think listening to this and thinking well that's all good but you know I don't even feel confident enough to get started well I am not an expert here so I've invited on a guest who can help us so Helen Hardware empowers women with online businesses to overcome self-doubt break free from worrying about what others think and stop procrastinating by unlocking their confidence clarity and courage so Helen and I are going to talk about how and why confidence or lack of confidence can affect us what that might actually look like so how a lack of confidence might actually be showing up and practical ways to overcome a lack of confidence and get started with whatever it is you want to achieve so whether that's creating a product or whether that's something else entirely I hope that you find this podcast really useful so with no further ado I'd love to introduce you to Helen. Okay so hi Helen thank you so much for being here Um, can you please start by telling us a bit about yourself? Yeah thanks Vicky Um, so I'm Helen Hardware I'm a rapid confidence coach and what that means is I help women with online businesses to overcome self-doubt, break free of worrying what other people think and stop procrastinating. Um, so what makes uh, what I do different is I help women overcome their subconscious blocks as well as their conscious mindset blocks so we can really get to the root cause of why they're struggling with their confidence. 
Thank you. So as you know, this podcast is about product creation and it's kind of aimed at people who want to start a product-based business. But I'm hoping this episode will be useful for anyone listening um, because we are going to talk about confidence and how that can get in your way. So can you just talk a little bit about how confidence and lack of confidence can affect us? Yeah, absolutely. So lack of confidence can really hold us back. Um, when we're struggling with our confidence, then we tend to sort of play small. We don't step outside of our comfort zone. We don't like to take risks. We try and hide quite often. Visibility is a real challenge. And now that's a real problem in business because businesses need us to put ourselves out there to take risks and um, make sure that people know that we're there because if they don't know we're there, they're not going to want to buy from us. So when you're feeling confident, um, you really own yourself. If you've ever walked into a room and there's been a really confident person there, quite magnetic and charismatic in a really positive way. It's not about, um, you know, just trying to manipulate people. It's a really authentic state of being. And it's when you're showing your true and natural self, when you just accept yourself for who you are without trying to be somebody else. That's confidence. It's believing in yourself and it's knowing that you're good enough just as you are. Thank you. So how, so, so what might that look like? So if somebody is perhaps lacking in confidence and I don't mean, well, actually, this is actually first question. So can you be a confident person, but lacking in confidence in just one area of your life? Do you ha- does that make sense? Or do you have to have a lack of confidence or could you be confident in some areas and not in others? How does that work? Yeah. That's completely normal. So most people will be confident about something, even if it is just, you know, you're confident that you know how to do the weekly shop or you're confident that you know how to drive to your favorite place. You know, that there's never going to be something that people are, have no confidence completely and utterly. And that's why I quite often ask people to find that thing that they are confident about. And feel into it because confidence means something different to everybody. And um, when I was early on in my career, I found that I would work with people and they would come back afterwards and say, I feel confident, but it's not what I expected it to be. And I think in some respects, they expected their personality to change. And it doesn't. It's just accepting ourselves for who we are and being okay with that and happy about it. So Um, It's really important to find that place where you are confident and to be able to find what that feeling is for you, because it's a little bit different on the inside for everybody. So there will normally be something that you are confident about, even if there's lots of things that you feel that you're not confident about. And that's okay. Okay. And I guess it can probably work the other way, can it? So could you have someone that's extremely confident, but let's take in the product creation example. So someone who's very confident in most areas of their life and they decide, okay, I'm going to create a product to sell. And for some reason, they just have no confidence in their ability to do that. Is that something that you see? Maybe not that specific example, but can that happen too? Yeah, it happens all the time in business. So maybe you're transitioning out of a career that you've been doing for years, you know how to do it, and you feel quite confident. But when you come to set up your own business, that's a whole different ballgame. Or maybe you're changing your business. Maybe you've been doing something for a number of years, you know how to do it, you know what your customer base is, you know what that looks like. And I'm sure you recognize this from when you sort of shifted from working, you know, focusing on your Amazon selling business into your coaching business. It's a shift of mindset. And that shift and changing from one thing to another can really cause us to start to question ourselves again. 
it's really com really common when we are transitioning from one stage in life to the next, whether it's within our career, within our business, whether it's just a stage in life, that little things can impact how confident we feel about life in general. So that's why I was go back to that point before, which is find where you are confident and feel into that feeling and then transport that feeling into those times when you're not feeling confident and remind yourself that you can be confident it's just this situation that's making you feel that way. It's not that you don't have confidence. Everybody has confidence. It's a natural thing that we're all born with. So if you've ever seen a, a baby in the crib, a baby doesn't go, oh, don't look at me. I don't want to have my picture taken. They just lap it up. They love that attention. So we've all been born with that level of confidence, but things happen along the journey that knock it. So by being able to come back to that feeling and knowing where we are confident and feeling that in the situation, it starts to take that, um, that thought process out of, it's me, it's a problem with me that I'm not confident. So by recognizing that if you're you know, starting selling a product for the first time, that's something different to what you've done before. So it's not that you don't have confidence, it's that situation is making you feel like you're not confident. And when you start to recognize that, it depersonalizes it and makes it easier to deal with. Yeah, I think you're right, because I definitely see some some people um you can definitely see approach new situations and challenges completely confident don't they um and well others of us don't and I, mean, I know i certainly know that when i transitioned well so when i started my products business i was very unconfident about a lot of aspects of it and again as you say when i started um sort of working in the consultancy as well because despite having sort of taught myself how to create and launch and sell products the thought of teaching other people how to do that I, I immediately went into well who am I to do that I've only been doing it for this number of years and um and it was only when somebody said to me actually you only need to know more than the people you're teaching you don't need to know everything that it kind of I don't know that imposter syndrome sort of went away um but yeah I think I'm sure that yeah, this is something that everyone can relate to and everyone's nodding their head at some point in, in their lives when you've just felt like a complete imposter. I think, yeah, imposter syndrome is a real thing, isn't it? It is. And I get really excited about imposter syndrome because I actually quit a career in law because of imposter syndrome. Um, so my first career, I worked a lot of years to become a qualified solicitor. And when I qualified, I had huge anxiety. Who was I to do this? Um, I came from a very working class background and my grandmother's words saying, oh, people like us don't become lawyers were haunting me. And I was in my mid twenties. I didn't want to show weakness, didn't, didn't dare admit how I was feeling to anybody. And ultimately I quit my career because of it. Now I can look back with all the experience that I've had since I went on to have a, a successful career in another industry, but I can now recognize that it was imposter syndrome. And actually that's really normal in your first job. I didn't know that then and I didn't reach out for the support that I needed. So that's what I'd always say to people is recognize, first of all, that imposter syndrome and confidence knocks are a part of life, but you don't have to suffer with them. There are ways to get help that can actually resolve that situation really easily. Thank you. And so what, um, what are some practical things people can do to get over any confidence blocks they might be having? So I think there's a few things um, that are relatively simple. So first of all, like I said earlier, have a look at where you do feel confident and ask yourself, what does that feeling feel like? And how can you transport that, that feeling in, inside of you into the current situations? Can you feel into those emotions 
and that will help to make you feel more confident because we can create feelings with our mind. Um, so by recognizing what it feels like, we can then recreate it. Um, another thing to consider is write a list of all your achievements, no matter how big, no matter how small. Just remind yourself, A, how far you've come, but B, that everything that's happened today, good and bad, you've survived it. So you're going to survive these feelings right now as well. But also when you've done that list, look at back and think about how you felt in those situations. Were there other times in your life when you felt didn't feel as confident as you wanted to? And how did you deal with that? What tools and techniques and what, what things did you say to yourself that got you past it? You will have been through these situations before. I don't think I've ever truly met anybody. I've met one person ever once, one woman who was a very senior woman in a bank. And I saw her talk on stage once and somebody asked her about um, whether she ever doubted herself. And she stood there very confidently and said, I've never doubted myself. And at the time I remember sitting there thinking, wow that's amazing now i look back and think wow you can't admit that because it's a sign of weakness i don't believe for one moment that she doesn't ever have moments where she doesn't doubt herself so but it's that just accepting that he's human absolutely everyone goes through it so by looking back at your past seeing how you've dealt with it in the past seeing what you have achieved that can really help to build it yeah the other thing i would say is don't compare yourself to others um, Brené Brown's got a really great quote on this, which is comparison is a thief of joy. And it's really easy to compare ourselves against everybody else and think, well, they're 10 steps ahead of me already. They're doing it brilliantly. Why would anybody want to buy from me? So I'm just not going to bother. Well, you're on step one, maybe, and they're on step 10, maybe. But they were on step one once. So everybody starts somewhere. And there is enough business out there. There is enough customers. There is enough money for everybody. So don't compare yourself against anybody else. Just know that what makes you special, and what makes you unique is you. There is nobody else that is you. So it's what you bring to the table. And no matter what people feel or think, we're all unique. So have a look at what makes you special just about being you. And I know a lot of people struggle with that thought of being special, but we are. Everybody is special in their own way. Everybody's unique. So avoid that comparison and just step into owning your authenticity and being yourself. And coming back to comparison, I think as well, something that maybe people struggle with is often when um, companies, brands, products sort of get on your radar, when you become aware of them, most of the time they're already doing pretty well that's why you hear about them because they're doing quite well and it sometimes can feel I think and I've certainly had this where it seems like someone's come out of nowhere but when you dig in I mean I've done lots of interviews now with product business owners and also read sort of books um, and everyone has a backstory and sometimes it takes years to get you know to to, what am I trying to say it takes it will take years to build up a business it can take years to build up a brand and I don't think there's I don't know if there is such a thing as overnight success I mean I'm sure people have like success boosts so something might happen and their product might you know sell really well or their brand might become quite prominent but I also think it's worth remembering that everyone started somewhere and they actually everyone started where you are right now pretty much and um yeah, and just not getting caught, too caught up in looking at where everyone else is now because we're all somewhere so different, aren't we, in our journeys? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And especially from a product perspective, um, I always like to think back to Edison and the light bulb. Um, he made over a thousand attempts at the light bulb before he found one that fit that, that actually worked. And there's a, a great quote that said, I didn't fail. I learned a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. And every experience that we have along that journey, good and bad, it's, it's all a learning curve. It's all an opportunity. There's no, I genuinely believe there's no such thing as failure. Um, it's something that we create in our mind. And those that are successful are those that don't let those bumps hold them back. Um, but I love the, the idea of what you were saying there about everybody's got a backstory and um, you know, some people appear to have got that overnight success. Think of it like musicians. How many bands have you heard of that are overnight successes? When you actually hear about it, they've been going for 20 years and playing you know, the pub scenes and making their own recordings in the garage and all that kind of stuff and flogging them to their mates before they suddenly get the breakthrough that they want. But it's because they stuck at it and kept going. Whereas if you give up at the first hurdle, it's never going to happen. That's true. And that's something I talk about a lot of people is actually sometimes it's better just to get started, um, sort of acknowledge that you will make mistakes. So, but what would you say to anyone who is a bit daunted by that? Because that, because it, that, it can be hard, you know, you take the leap of courage and faith in yourself to, let's say, to, you know, you're going to start a product, you, you, you know, you, you get started um, and you hit a roadblock or something goes wrong. So I'll give you a real life example for mine. Um, when I, after launching my first product, I, I found out when the product was literally in, in shops to be sold, well, online shops, ready to be sold. I found out that the packaging was inadequate and people kept sending them back because the packaging was no good. It was quite, quite flimsy. Um, and that was quite a, a knock, if I'm honest. So what would you say to anyone who is a bit who thinks, well, that's all very well, but I don't know if I can handle it. If I, you know, I put all my faith, I put so much energy and work into this. What if it goes wrong? Well, I suppose the, the comparison is, you know, if you cooked, um, maybe you cooked a meal and you followed a recipe and it didn't come out absolutely perfectly, would you never cook dinner again? Um, it, everything comes in peaks and troughs. It, yeah, it can absolutely knock our confidence when something like that happens, but it really is about mindset mindset is absolutely critical and tony robbins um says that mindset is 80 success is 80 percent mindset and 20 percent strategy so it is really important to have that mental strength and that tenacity to say okay something hasn't worked out as i wanted it to and perhaps it's going to be a slightly slower path than i envisaged but go back and learn from it so i'm sure you learned from okay well from that experience i need to make sure that my packaging is better next time. And maybe it also made you realize, well, actually, you know, as part of the process, I've got to think of X, Y, and Z as well before I get to that stage with my next product. Um, so it is about recognizing that things don't um, always go to plan, but it's about how you respond rather than react. And that just comes from your mindset and how much you believe in yourself and how much you believe in your product. And I always say to my clients, it's really important to believe in yourself and business because if you don't believe in yourself, how are your customers going to believe in you? So customers need to believe in us in order to buy our product. Um, if you've got a product designed by somebody that doesn't believe in themselves, why are you going to buy it? What's the attraction? If they don't believe in themselves, do they believe in the product? So it is really, really important to have that mindset. Um, but the other thing, of course, to consider is Google. You know, think how big Google is. They have a fail fast policy. So they're not afraid to try things. They just have a go. And if it fails early on, great. They actually hold failure parties. So I would say celebrate when things go wrong. 
And I remember the, um, the first time I actually had a no from a customer. I was very lucky when I first started my business. All the first um, conversations that I had with people turned into paying clients. And the first time I actually had somebody say, no, sorry, that's not for me, instead of taking it personally, I actually celebrated. I had a glass of wine and went, you know what? I've had my first no. That's part of my journey. Okay, that's great. That wasn't the right customer for me. And recognize that you can't be all things to all people. Even McDonald's and Coca-Cola aren't trying to sell to anybody. They're trying to sell to certain demographics. You know, they're not going for that ultra healthy um, health food market. That's just not their thing. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it's it's easy to say don't be afraid to fail, but I think as long as you're taking calculated risks, and so I've talked a lot in over other episodes, so I won't go into it now about kind of doing some due diligence, doing some research, and being fairly sure that your product is viable before you do anything. Because I'm not talking here about I know, and I, and I know you're not saying the same, Helen. We're not talking about just going out and doing anything and thinking, oh, it'll be okay. Obviously, you need to be taking calculated risks, but I mean. If you, as long as you wish you're taking a calculated and you've done your research, you know you've got a good product, there's people out there that will buy it, um, the worst that can happen isn't actually that bad. And I mean, coming back to my example with the packaging, now that incident is actually something I talk about happily and it's actually on my list of things that I've overcome um, now because I was like, actually, yeah, that happened and it was fine and you know, business is still going and probably nobody but me even remembers that. That's the other thing exactly. as well. And I quite often get my clients to sit down and make a list of times when things haven't worked out for them, but then look at what the learning was from that situation and how they can use that to then, you know, leverage the confidence now. And it's the same with what I said earlier about quitting my career in law. For a long time, I was really embarrassed about that. But actually now that's part of what I've overcome. I've overcome that absolute crippling imposter syndrome. Um, I had it again and I actually went through burnout. And that was the point where I went, you know what, I can't do this anymore. But it now means I do understand how people that are struggling with imposter syndrome feel. And I'm able to help them with it because I've been there and I've come out the other side of it. And it's interesting you said about being embarrassed about it as well, because I think that's something, another another thing that um, can be on people's minds is not wanting to fail publicly or make mistakes publicly. Um, and I'm sure you've got something to say to that, Helen. But one thing I'll say is that from my experience, because I've, I've definitely thought this before, um, nobody else seems to notice. And even if they do notice, they don't seem to remember. Um, yeah, you've probably got a more professional opinion of th- than that, Helen. But that's but that's been my experience anyway. I don't really think people pay as much attention to what you're doing as you think they do. No, exactly. And it can it doesn't always have to be you know worrying about what your customers are, um, are, are thinking about as well. It can be sometimes just as simple as what are your family thinking? Mm. You know, what's your mother-in-law thinking, or yeah. your best friend, or you know, other people, maybe people you used to work with. Um, actually most of the time they're just really thrilled to see you having a go at something and they're happy to support you and if they're not frankly that's their problem not yours you you can't change that so it's we we can get really wrapped up in worrying about what other people think and especially when we've got that fear of failure but the other one that I see quite a lot actually related to that is fear of success what will other people think, especially family members, if I am successful, I'm making really big money from this. You know, what if I'm earning more than my partner? What if I'm making more than the rest of the family? And I know one of my coaches um, said yesterday that she now makes more in a week than her family used to make in two or three years. 
And, you know, she's had to deal with those money blocks because she had that fear that making a lot of money meant that she was a bad person. And it, it doesn't at all, but we worry about that. Yeah, that's a really interesting one. What, so what, what do you say to anyone who has that fear, the fear of doing well? Um, so that's a money block. And I think that what we have to do, first of all, is look back at what their relationship with money has been like in the past. What are their beliefs about money? Because obviously I'm a mindset coach. So it's all about what we believe. And by looking back at the, um, the experiences that we've had, the relationship that we've had, and also our parents' relationship with money, because more often than not, our relationship with money is influenced by our parents' relationship. And it might be that we're, you know, we're emulating the same relationship. It might be that we go polar opposites and we, you know, we may do that deliberately. We may do it incidentally, and then we may worry about it. So it's important to understand what your beliefs are up until this time. And then start to rewrite those beliefs. So it might be that people have this um, underlying fear that people that have made a lot of money have done something bad to earn it, or they're fundamentally bad people, that maybe they are doing something corrupt. And I remember working with somebody whose brother-in-law, I think it was, worked for the tax authority and her being quite um, quite appalled that she felt that that was a, a, an undesirable way to make a good salary. Um, but that was just her money story. She had her beliefs about it. And that was okay. I wasn't actually working with her for money beliefs. Um, so it is important to know, first of all, how we got to where we are, what it is we believe. And then you can literally start to rewrite your beliefs, start to write a new money story, and then start to tell yourself that new money story on a regular day through reading a story that you've written, writing letters to yourself, expressing gratitude for what you've got as well. It really helps to reprogram the mind. And I guess that works for any kind of belief, does it? Because I think that as well as sort of money mindset issues, um, I'm sure that, you know, people have issues where you think things like, and I'm certainly talking for myself here, I've certainly felt in the past, well, I can't do this, I'm not qualified, I can't do this because I've never done that before, I can't do this because I'm bad at that. Um, yeah, the list goes on really, um, and I'm sure you can, can relate. So um, would you take the same approach of those kind of, mindset issues um to some extent and i think anything that starts with, with i can't is a big red flag because we tell ourselves these things and they're just self-limiting beliefs and the difference between successful people and people who aren't is simply what they believe about themselves and whether they're actually willing to take that action so if we believe that we can't do something the reality is we're either not going to try and do it we'll do it so half-heartedly that it fails or um we just, um, you know, we, we say we've given it our best shot and we haven't. So it's really important in those situations to understand what the, the underlying belief is. So I work with people in, with their, their subconscious mind, as I mentioned at the beginning. And quite often we're not aware that those beliefs are there. The beliefs that have been made throughout our lifetime. So between the ages of about 2 and 12, I think it goes back a bit earlier if I'm honest, um, every experience that we have, our mind forms a belief about it. Uh, so what the process is we have an experience, we feel an emotional response to it. And if that emotional response is uncomfortable or painful in some way, so whether we feel um, pain, hurt, upset, shame, embarrassment, the mind then makes a belief about either us or the situation. And if it's a bad feeling, for want of a better term, um, the mind particularly will make it about us. Now, what the mind tries to do at that stage is keep us safe, 
keep us away from experiencing that pain again. So it forms a belief that influences our behavior next time to try and keep us safe. So the example I always use is maybe when you were six, you were asked to stand up in class and read out loud and you tripped over a word or the teacher corrected you or another kid laughed we form a belief from that it's an uncomfortable situation maybe we feel embarrassed or we feel a bit shameful and the mind forms a belief that it's not safe to read out loud in public and that becomes i can't read out loud in public i can't stand up and speak to other people and of course we can anyone can do it you just stand up and open your mouth but those beliefs can be at such a level that you might stand up open your mouth and nothing comes out now that's all just down to that underlying belief that you can't do it. So if you believed that you absolutely, you know, were great at standing up and speaking to people, you wouldn't have that experience, you wouldn't feel that way. So what I do is I help people get to what is at the root cause of that belief that they can't. So we look back in their, um, their unconscious mind and find how they formed that belief in the first place, what that belief is, and how it's limiting them today. And then we start to reprogram that belief. Well, that sounds fascinating. So do you want to talk a little bit, Helen, about sort of the, some of the work that you that you do to help people? Yeah, sure. So um, I use a combination of subconscious or unconscious and conscious mindset work. So if you've ever tried doing mindset work, maybe you've done some journaling or you've done some letter writing, all those things are great or affirmations, but sometimes they don't solve the issue that we still struggle with our mindset, even when we've done them. And, and I know because I've been there. Uh, the first coach that I worked with, she was brilliant. And I did all this mindset work, but none of it seemed to stick. So what I do is different because, as I say, it goes into the unconscious mind. Now, we've all got a conscious and an unconscious mind. But the conscious mind, the bit that we think is in control, that we're thinking and listening with right now, is actually only a pinprick of the size of our subconscious mind, which is huge. So our subconscious mind is a bit like a data warehouse. It holds a record of every experience we've ever had, every feeling, every belief, every thought. And through using hypnosis, we can go back and find all sorts of information that's stored in the subconscious mind that you're not consciously aware of. And when we can get to it in the subconscious mind and we can reshape that and remold it into something much more empowering, that's when the change process starts to happen. So the things that I work with people a lot around are, um, it's all self-limiting beliefs, but particularly around feeling that we're not good enough, feeling that we're different um, to other people and feeling like we can't connect perhaps. Um, that worrying around about what other people think is a really, really big issue that I deal with quite a lot. And that feeling of simply just not being as good as everybody else or not being heard, not being safe to have a voice, not being safe to put ourselves out there and be visible um, and worrying that other people you know, are going to judge us for it. So all those types of things. And they all go back to experiences that we've had. And quite often people don't remember them. It doesn't need to be a big thing. It can be a really, really small thing. Um, and, you know, those things shape our experience. I said earlier, you know, my... Um, uh, imposter syndrome came in part from my grandmother saying to me oh people like us don't become lawyers now she doesn't remember that it was a throwaway comment that she didn't mean but my subconscious mind went oh okay people like me from a working craft background don't do this so 
who am I to do it? You know, I'm, and, and that developed into a fear of failure because what if I made a mistake? What if I, um, you know, I failed as a solicitor? And what if, if everybody was going to judge me for that? And it all went pear-shaped. None of those things were going to happen, but they were just my mind running riot. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you shared, Helen. Um, so for anyone who's listening who perhaps is, I don't know, let's say they are looking to, to sort of start their product business or they're looking to do anything else and they're still, you know, they're, conf- they're still not feeling 100% confident about it. Is there, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, is there like one or two quick practical things they could do just to give themselves a bit of a confidence boost? Yeah, and that goes back to that that step I said earlier, find where you are confident, find how it feels. And then in that moment where you're not feeling confident, step into it. So you can find a way to anchor that feeling. So if you go back to um, the times when you did feel confident, and allow yourself to feel it and then tap on the back of your hand. So allow those feelings to bubble up and label them. So maybe when you're feeling confident, you're feeling like you know what you're talking about. And as you feel that feeling, keep tapping on the back of your hand. Um, Then allow yourself to feel another feeling um, such as, um, I'm trying to think of one. It's hard to say without a feeling without saying confidence. So it's just about feeling how that confidence breaks up for you. So it might be, well, I'm feeling self-assured. I'm feeling like I can take action. And every time you say those feelings, allow yourself to feel it and tap the back of your hand. This is actually a, an NLP technique called anchoring. So you anchor those feelings into that sensation of tapping your hand. Then when you're in a situation where you're really not feeling confident, so you know, when you're thinking about your business and you're getting panicked and you're getting worked up and you're thinking, who am I? I can't do this. Just allow that tapping on the back of your hand. And what you'll find is that those feelings then start to come back. And you go, oh, okay, yeah, I can do this. I've now got that feeling of being confident in the moment. Oh, I like that. Thank you. That's, that's a good technique. I remember years ago when I used to be um, nervous of public speaking back when I had a corporate job, actually, um, going through a similar exercise with somebody who practiced NLP and but it was two fingers. Um, you can see me on the screen. Nobody else can see me. It, w- it was very similar. And it was like, hold your fingers like this. Um, so I'm tapping my thumb and my forefinger together for anyone who can't see me. And that was meant to invoke feelings of confidence and that was something I was meant to do before I had to stand up and talk was to do that yeah, you can yeah. do it with any, any motion what I would say is don't do it with something that you're going to have you know if you did it with a hand on your shoulder that might be something that people would just walk up to you okay pre-covid maybe and put the hand on your shoulder so something that's a little bit different so yeah your your thumb and your first finger is a great idea you can tap the side of your arm that's another one that I've seen um, and also you could make an imaginary circle on the floor. So imagine it like a tube, you know, like on Star Trek when they get into the tube of light and they get beamed up. So imagine it like a big tube of light and then step into it and feel what confidence feels like to you. So think of times when you were confident, then step out, find another time when you were confident, think about it, feel the feeling, step into the tunnel and just allow yourself to let that feeling grow. Do that a few times, then in your mind, collapse that tunnel of light down into a bangle that you can put on your wrist. Or maybe you collapse it down to a little coin that you put in your imaginary pocket. Uh, Do it in your imaginary pocket, because if you actually put it in your pocket and you're not wearing the same trousers, the mind can go, oh yeah, it's in the wash. (laughs) Um, So yeah, lots of little tricks like that. But 
everybody has had experiences where they're confident. You will find that feeling if you can find an experience that you felt confident in. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be, you know, I felt confident that I knew how to make cake or I felt confident that I knew how to write my name. You know, little things, it doesn't matter what they are. If that's something that you feel confident that you can do, go with it. Find that feeling and then transport it into times when you're not feeling confident. Thank you. And so for anyone who, um, so thank you so much. I think that's such a useful sort of thing that someone can do in the moment. And that's fantastic. But for anyone who wants to work a little bit more on their confidence, where can they find you, Helen? Um, so I'm on um, my website, which is empoweringtransformation.co.uk. Uh, or you can find me on Facebook under Helen Hardware. And um, if anybody would like to join, I have a group for women with online businesses to raise their confidence, uh, which is called raise your confidence for women in business <laughs> thank you so much and for anyone who's driving walking i will link all that in the show notes as well so people can find you very easily well thank you so much helen that's been fantastic thank you so much for the opportunity it's been great okay oh you're welcome Thank you so much for listening. Helen and I would love to know what you think. Remember, you can find contact details for both of us over in the show notes for this episode. As always, if you've enjoyed listening, please do rate, review and subscribe to the show and um, tell your friends about it. Thank you so much and speak to you soon. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.